Hello there and welcome to the Marseille View. My name's Stefan and I'm presenting tonight. And tonight I'm joined by Ed. Hi Ed. Alright Steph. Hi yeah. Also joined by Luca. Hi everyone. Hi Luca. And finally we've also got a first appearance from Q. Hi Q. Uh, hi everyone, how's it going? Great, hi. Um, so Q, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and your relationship with OM? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so I was actually born in Marseille. Um, it'd be more than so years ago, um, and I, I kind of um, grew up there until the sweet age of twenty when I moved to Paris for a few months, and then um, London after that. Um, but very much grew up at a time where Marseille were winning everything, um, the good old days. Um, my dad went to um, the went to the Munich Stadium. The Champions League final, and I just remember being a kid and watching the game in the living room. Um, my mum let me stay up that, that day, and I think that's how he started, really. Um, and after that, that, he went to he went to shit a bit. Sorry, gone. <laughs> it sounds like a good fam family connection. Being at the, the <laughs> yeah, 1993 yeah, final, yeah. Yeah, my dad's actually from Paris, but he moved to Marseille some 40 years ago. So. And um, he became a Marseille fan, and then like so, taking me to the stadium. Um, I first started going to the the League Two games, so um, other stadiums in the region, so like Nîmes and places like that, Martigues and all that. And it kind of grew on me. But at the time, everyone was a Marseille fan. You would go to school, you know, primary school, or whatever. And all the the kids would be talking about Marseille, what happened at the weekend, and stuff like that. Just like that's part of our lives. Um, um, and I think everyone from my generation in Marseille absolutely loved Marseille. I say that because now when you go to Marseille, Sally, you see some some guys wearing like PSG shirts and stuff, which is, oh, which no. is a real shame. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. oh, really? It's good to shit. Yeah, you see I haven't seen them. that. Oh, that's shocking. <laughs> and, uh, but back in the days, it would never happen. I tell you what, and now I see it more and more. But um, yeah, that's that's how it started for me. I've been to uh, the French Cup finals that we lost against Sochaux against Paris um, as well, which we should have won, really. Um, and last year, when we three of my mates went to Lyon to, uh, to the final against Atletico. I've been in the UK for 10 years, and what links me back to Marseille is that text chat I have with my friends. And every time Marseille are playing, um, we just have some, you know, some sort of banter going on, talking about the game, talking about shit they are. <laughs> <laughs> and this sort of thing. So yeah, it's very much. I think when I uh, when I wanted to join the postcard, I tweeted you. I tweet. I sent you a message saying, "I bleed white and blue," um, and I think that's very much true. Yeah, sounds like you've mm. been to some pretty massive games. That's brilliant. Um, right. So yeah. what 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 we're going to do tonight? Um, as much like last week and the week before, we follow the same format. So we're going to have a look at um, last weekend's game. So that was the classic um, against Paris Saint Germain, and we'll also look forward to um, Marseille's next match up against Angers. Um, mm-hmm. And um, we'll look at any sort of news stories that have come up over the last week, and we'll also take a few questions from listeners um, that were sent in via Twitter. So. Um, I think we'll get started with um, last weekend's, well, the, last night's game against Paris Saint-Germain. So, guys, what did you make of the result and the performance? Yeah, um, I think I think if you go back just before the game started, uh, you could see throughout the days just before, there wasn't a lot of excitement on social media and from the media about the game. You didn't really know that it was a, a classique before the game. And I was, I was so happy with that because I've been so tired over the years with kind of acting as sparing partners to to PSG and just like basically getting battered just for them to gain confidence because they're because of their own per, per, poor performances in Europe um and i think i think one of my main points if you if you look into the game what happened is i, I just want to stop this narrative where people say in marseille that oh the only reason why we can never be PSG is because PSG wake up to beat marseille or they wake up in the morning differently and they just don't anymore. They don't care. They're full of players who are Brazilians and Argentinians who have never heard of Marseille before. And when you see them on the pitch, then they're not impressive. They were not impressive last night. They played their B team. They they played Dagba. Um, they they had Trupo Mutting on the bench, and he played. He started in a starting lineup. And it's 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 so disheartening. Every game with Marseille, we play the part, 
and then we make a mistake and it, it always looks like PSG is beatable but we just psych ourselves out of the game by just saying oh they're just better than us they're better than us they're better than us and it ends up by making stupid mistakes like last night absolutely um, it very much feels like it's, it's it's psychological doesn't it it feels like we, mm-hmm. we we don't feel like we're worthy of winning a game like that I, 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 sorry, I slightly disagree with that comment, actually. I think when you're a Marseille player or a Paris player, you know that the big games are against, say you're a Marseille player, you know the big games are against Paris, Lyon, Bordeaux, Nice, you know, because you, you can feel the intensity and the pressure from the fans. So even though you're not, you were not born in Marseille, you were not, you're not even French or whatever, you still feel that, you still, you feel that passion. And I think, Paris had a bit of pressure on them. They knew they had to win, especially since they got um, they got kicked out of the Champions League by Manu. They knew, they knew they were, that you know pressure was on and they had to win that game. Um, and they played them. I mean, yeah, they played with some of the B team, fair enough. But um, the performance that um, Mbappe and Dimaya put on last night was just really impressive. These guys were willing to win. And but I do agree with you on the point that we were not in to win it, and that's a real shame. At one point. I think they were a man down. They were doing a replacement. It took mm-hmm. forever. And uh, we're just like comfortable passing the ball around, passing it back and stuff. I just like, you know, you guys need to take your chances. It's just like a bunch of, sorry, excuse my French, but it's a bunch of pussies playing. So at one point, someone needs to man up and just, you know, take ownership and just, just really go for it. And I think we're going to talk about that later. But the, the, the 11 starting players that Garcia put down I think was not right you need you need guys with a bit of character you need the Luis Gustavo and the Kevin Schwitmans of this world yeah it, it was I mean it's a shocking lineup but was anyone really surprised Garcia spent the last five games picking the same lineup not because of tactics or tactical choices just because they won the last game even though there were clear weaknesses against Nice and Setechen that we highlighted in this podcast but you knew you just knew that Garcia would put the same lineup including the same substitutions because at 2-1, just before Mandanda got sent off, I don't know if you realise, but before he got sent off, Streetman was about to come on for Balotelli. He was about to make the same mm, change. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About to make the same change against Nice. That clearly didn't work last time, but because we ended up winning, just just do it anyway. Like, was anyone yeah. really surprised at the lack of lack of ambition that Garcia put on the pitch? And it, mm. it, it showed in the gameplay, like you said, when Munier got injured, there were five minutes, ten players, and they gave us the ball, and then it goes to Tova, back to back to Saar, back to Mandanda for some reason, back to Kamara, back to Mandanda, kicks it, hoofs it to Balotelli, who loses the ball. It's like you take advantage of this like small amount of chances that you have, but they were clearly happy with a one nil one nil loss. They were they were signing on for that. Hmm. Have you got any thoughts yeah. on the game, Ed? Uh, well, I've been waiting to unleash them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've I've got to say, as is, um, we were fucking shit. Simple, really. Um, I just think PSG, they were on a psychological low. They've been dumped out by Man United C team. Yeah. We, should have put the, put, we should have put it up to last night. And we should have said, right, we're going to give you a game. Where was Balotelli? Where was... Where were they all? I mean... What about Tauvin? was nowhere where, to be seen. Tauvin was nowhere. Um... Mondondo was shite. Sakai was irrelevant. This so-called top centre-back partnership we've got, look, they look like clowns. Um, I'm really fucked off, to be honest with you. Yes. I'm really... It's, a, it's another shit result. Uh, I, I mean, I agree. I'm, I, I told you before the podcast that I'll be all negative. Um, I, you actually ended up being more negative than me. I actually think that <laughs> our, our centre-back partnership was not all bad. I think apart from the... The mm. the red card incident. I think they were they played the right the right way, and they never really got got like holes punched through them. It, it, the first goal and the the first disallowed goal. It's always Sakai or Saar that covered the offside trap that they tried to put in, and I always thought they played it quite well. But I mean, it, it comes back to the. It's, I don't think it's about the the youngsters. It's about the the leaders, like you said, Q. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, Sanson, even Balotelli now that that's acting like you know like. For some reason, he's acting like he won the Champions League in 1993 as he's showing it. Um, <laughs> yeah. well, and Mandanda well, we... and Tova. And it's just like, well, where are you guys? You, like, you're supposed to, to be leaders. And Tova's not young anymore. Tova is 27. He's, he, had the, he, he had the fucking captain's armband at some point, And he's walking yeah, yeah, yeah. on the pitch. Well, we, well we, have a, 
we're a phrase for this in Eng- England. Balotelli thinks he's Bertie Big Bollocks after scoring a few <laughs> tap-ins. Um, I think um, he just... He just exuded arrogance, and it was the wrong stage to show it. Mate, yeah, we're, we're, we're fourth in the league. We're chasing Leon. We're not 10 points in front with two games in hand. Stop acting like you're in City and you've got Aguero and Co to fall back on. You haven't. You've got bloody Maxi Lopez and Luis Gustavo. Not exactly world-class, are they? Uh, I'm disappointed, but I don't think it was all bad. At one point, I thought we were playing all right. It's just, yes. it just we ended up lacking a bit of spirit, maybe. But the first like thirty minutes, I thought, I thought we were looking good, you know. I thought we could, we could go, get something out of the game, and then it just all fell apart for some reason. But, yeah, but how much was that because of us, and how much was that because of PSG being in the dumpster in terms of mentality, with their fans being on strike, like? Is that really because of our tactic that, that we look good in 30 minutes? Or was it because PSG just wanted to not get humiliated at home? They didn't want to get humiliated at home. That's simple. Can you imagine if they lost the Le Classique to us? I mean, the L'Equipe paper, Le Pizian, they would have gone health the lever on Tuchel's arse. Well, yes. Yeah, so it's not really props to us for, for playing good in the first half an hour. And no. keeping the I ball and passing it back to Mandanda isn't, isn't playing well. I, I don't think so. Well, you see you have chances. They were scrappy at the back. They kept Every time you put a bit of pressure, they did lose the ball a few times. And we, we still just had lacked all, any ambition to score. They wet okay, themselves. We, we just wet ourselves. Simple. Like, as soon as the ultras came back in, they cracked themselves. And then I think what we saw last night was Mondonza's worst ever game. I think he nearly scored an own goal early on and then he got set off. I mean, it's a pretty terrible performance for my guys. Yeah. Nearly 40 and had so much experience. It's, it's disappointing. Have you yeah. noticed that this year it seems like a lot of the mistakes he's made have been when he's had to come out from his box, and he keeps mm. he keeps doing it, and if, every time you know he's going to bring the person down or do yeah. something, and it's, it's, it's becoming a real issue. I don't know how many, yeah. I've lost count how many times this season that he's came out and given away a penalty. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Do you remember the days where we used to think uh, it's all right? We've got Mandanda at the back. We can lose. We can lose the ball in the midfield. The, the, the other team can have corners, whatever. It's going to be fine with Mandanda. But these days, every time there's a, a ball, you know, passed back to him, I, I shit my pants. I'm just like, why is he yeah. going to do this? Part? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, do you remember in 2016 with the Mitchell season, just before he left the first time, um, we, we were saying, oh my, if Mandanda wasn't here, would we actually be relegated or not? Like, that's how many points he, he earned us. And now you're looking at it, and not only is he not... Earning us points. us points, he's, yeah. he's single-handedly lose like losing games on his own. I agree. Yeah. It um, is to go. Yeah, it does. It does seem like that, doesn't it? it? Seems like his his time is done at this level. It's been done for a while, and he's 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 delusional. He's delusional. He he keeps uh, having arguments with the fans. He cried and begged to have the captain arms band arms band sorry um as if it was suddenly going to make him better. And for some reason, we gave it to him, even though he's clearly not a leader. He, do you remember the, the final against Atletico? He threw Zambo under the bus after in an interview saying that his horse is full. And so you give it back to him. He gets sent off. He gives the captain's armband to Tova, who walks on the pitch and doesn't even, like, def- comes to, doesn't even come to Strootman's defense when Mbappe tells him to fuck off. And then he comes off and yeah, you give the, the captain, yeah. captain's armband to Sanson. Arguably the worst player on the pitch. Like, how, how, what kind of leaders do you have in your team? I don't. Can I defend Tervan on this? If let's say Strootman had been sent, if Strootman had retaliated to Mbappe and got himself sent off, we would have been down to nine, and then it would have been a rout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What you you, th- you think he would have got sent off for for defending his teammate who's getting told to fuck off? I think he just he's he's looking at the incident and he knows that Mbappe he, he is his best mate in a French team and he's going to meet him tomorrow and he doesn't want to like not be bestie with him anymore. So he's just like letting him go and acting like he didn't hear it. first mistake is to make him captain. He doesn't have the leadership that's required to be Marseille's captain. Yeah, I don't think he wants to be either. No. But Lucas, you know how inconsistent the French referees are. You know they'll send someone off just for saying F off. So well, yeah, but I... then you, you can't just not defend your teammates now just because of that. Well, Campos held his balls when Kimpembe slapped him yeah. in the face. Just get on with it. Get on with the game. Take, get, take, take him out. Just do, just do your job. Stop retaliating 
and just try and get back in the game. That's what I would just say. Yeah. Okay, well then, either way you slice it, Tottenham still has done nothing. Fuck the national team for a sec. Well, yeah. Right, so... um. I mean, that actually was one of the things I wanted to ask about was Florian Tovan. It seems like um, he is continually flopping in big games, um, or at least that's what the narrative seems to be. Um, do you feel that that's the case? Uh, it's just a, it's a mixed bag of Tovan. I mean, he turned up, he was the only one he turned up in the in the Leon game in the, at, uh, at the Park OL, but it's just, I don't know, it's just, you get, you get Tovan, it's like, it's like the weather. One day it's nice and sunny. Next day it's pissing down with rain and everyone wants to die. That's the kind of <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Turban for you. <laughs> but I, th- I think uh, well, I think people are uh, this whole narrative about Turban not being good in big games. I don't think it's necessarily true because when you look at his stats, he does scores. I think Turban in big games is like Turban in small games. Turban is. Scores right, he scores or gives assists, but in the actual build up or in the play, he's he he doesn't have that work rate to actually contribute to the team. Yeah. So, I think Tovain in big games is just like Tovain against Nice, just like Tovain against Santa Chen, just like Tovain against who we played before Amiens. It's 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 a lot of walking around, and it's a lot of of trying, but. He, I'm sorry, he's he's not he's just not good enough to to reach that next level, mm. and like. I've literally made a note of the last um, the last left wing back that he's had to face in the last year of a couple of games. And they've been Kozawa, uh, Jale, yeah. and Poloma. Tell me yeah. one take one successful take on that Tilvan did in those three games. Yeah. I think that actually them alive. the fact that he was up against Kozawa last night and Kozawa hasn't played an awful lot this season and he's not been a very great player for PSG over the last couple of seasons. It's just I I mean, he, to me, Kazawa is the kind of player that Marseille should have targeted to try and put pressure on because he isn't a great defender. And yeah. he was not under any pressure at all from Tovan the whole night. And that's really, really worrying that we couldn't even target PSG's weakest links. It, it, because Tovan, Tovan is just the same old thing. It, it's a lot of walking. But I, I think it's just his gameplay now. He wants the ball on his feet and try to get on his left foot to, to like, yeah. bend that left cor- um, top corner. But it's... Like Tovan in big games is not worse than usual. That's just who he is now. That's just who he is. Yeah. Um, talking about team selection as well. A um, couple more questions just to run by you. Um, last week we talked about whether, um, well, we all felt that Sakai should play instead of Shodan uh, Amavi um, at left back, which he did. Um, do you think that was the right decision? Do you think Sakai played well? Um, or would you have preferred Amavi to be in? I say it was bad last night. I say yeah. he played terribly. Mm. Um, obviously the penalty at the end, but his marking was not on point. Made a few easy mistakes. Obviously he's, uh, he's playing on this weak foot, so that doesn't help. But I thought, you know, because you would only have you know a few opportunities, you needed someone with a left-footed and a left left wing to just be able to you know cross the ball from deep as well. I thought Mavi would have been a much better choice. And uh, the last few displays for Mavi were actually quite decent, considering he's, you know, he's been absolutely shocking for um, earlier in the season. Um, I can't remember the last few games before he got sent off. I thought he was you know, kind of almost getting there. No, and I, agree. I, would... I agree. Yeah, there was one game when he was back to his old self. He was, wasn't it? So I say it would have been a good... The timing was right. Uh, I would have put Sakai on the right and Mavi on the left, but... Hey, not the manager. So, well, um, that's what's going to happen. I think isn't it next game that Sakai is suspended now because he picked up a yellow. So I think that's what we're going to see next time. We're going to see uh, Amavi back in the left back position and Saab back in the right back position and see how it goes. Yeah. But going back to the game, uh, uh, Saab and Sakai, I, I don't think there was there was communication at all with with the centre back because. Centre backs always try to play the offside trap because they knew they can't compete with Mbappe at the foot race anyway. But Saar on the first disallowed goal tried to cover Di Maria onside. On the red card, he covered him. And on the second goal, Di Maria's, Di Maria's first goal, um, Saar was covering again. And it was just not good communication of the, of the back line. And it, it really showed. It, and I think it, it really put Saar and Sakai's kind of. Like the fact they're uncomfortable at these positions, or they're not like experts at those positions, it really was yeah. like, exposed mm. today. Yeah, I think it shows the fact that um, Sai is not a defender. Mm. I think there's a lot of flaws in his game. It's just he hasn't quite, you know, picked up all the 
all the tricks that you need to, you know, you need to master as a as a defender. It's just yeah. you know, his positioning is not quite right. Um, but the thing is, like, he's meant he's meant to be an offensive player, but every time he kind of goes forward, I think his passing is a bit is a bit poor as well. His crossing yeah. never gets to the target. Just, I, yeah. I don't know. It, everyone is raving on about him, and there's that big conversation about him making it to the friends team and stuff like that. Just like. I don't really see it to be honest. I'd yeah. much rather have Sakai on the right hand side. Uh, on his yeah. defence, I think it's a, it was a very unpopular um, opinion in the bar last night. But in his defence, uh, yes, he like you said, he's missed a lot of passes and he missed pretty much everything he's tried yesterday. But who like he was one of the the players that actually took the ball and said, right, let's try to go forward and like not trying to pass it back to Mandanda every time. He's the one that was trying to kick off these these um, these attacks, but nobody else was willing to actually go forward either. So he, he ended up being a lot of, of messy, messy situations. Mm-hmm. He's missed a lot, but but he's tried. And I think that that's as his credit because nobody else did. Can I, 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 so can I just bounce off that last comment about... Uh, yeah, sure. About um, Saar, you know, being willing to go forward in that. Why do you make off of Kempos? Because I, I can't hate him. I think, you know, his, his, his drive, his determination, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's a joy to, to be watched because he's just always trying. So at one point, it's like counter-attack and we're like three on two and he's still then pacing him down the right wing. And you can, if he could cross the ball, if he could just put his head up and cross the ball, we might have yeah. scored the goal then, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's always his decision-making is, is not quite there so my question is, what, what, at what point does goodwill become, you know, more important than than skills? You know, I'd like, I want to get rid of Ocampos and get a Di, Mar- Di Maria. I, I, I have Di Maria every day over Ocampos, You know, absolutely. <laughs> but mm, we're not going to yeah. get Di Maria. So. No, no. Um, I think Sakai just had an off night. Simple. I mean, he tried. He played. He tried. He played okay, but he just had an off night. Really, uh, Sar. He was a bit irrelevant last night on the right. And the Campos, well, nah, it was just a very meh performance. It's just... I think Would you have him to... again next season? Would you want him in the, in the lineup next season? Uh, no, I'd like someone a bit fresher. I agree. You're, so we, we kind of started talking about the fullbacks for some reason, but your, your original question was like the starting lineup, wasn't it? Yeah, um, so just... Um, I was thinking also about um, what your thoughts were on the midfield and actually um, which brings me to one of the questions that one of the listeners sent in we'll just um, talk about it now because I think it's relevant he said that um, do you think that um, Garcia made a mistake in leaving out Gustavo and Strutman because uh, it felt like uh, an extra more defensive midfielder could have made a big difference and that was sent in from Connor um, do you agree with that? Well if you ask me, if you ask me Saturday night I would have put the same the same uh, team sheet on, right? But Garcia's mistake is not Saturday night. It's been two weeks before. You should have started um, putting Gustavo back in, putting Struman back in, putting Payet back in to build yourself up for that game where you don't play in a 4-4-2 with Sanso and Lopez. You play in a 4-2-3-1 with Payet instead of Jama and either Gustavo or Struman, whoever one's better, instead of Sanson. But he, he he put himself between a rock and a hard in hard, like a rock and a hard place because he's he had to, he had to put the same lineup on Saturday because none of the people on the bench had any game time experience in the past months. So yeah, it's a wrong it's a decision, point. but he had to put that team by default. It's something yeah. that we did mention in the previous week's podcast about the fact that he hadn't bloodied in some players like Stripman and Gustavo had been out of you know had been out. He hadn't been out of the picture, sorry, over the last few weeks and hadn't had a lot of minutes and whether or not he would bring them in for a big game given that they're such experienced players. Um, in, yeah. in, in hindsight, in, in, knowing the result, it does seem like um, that might have been a mistake. Yeah, but I mean, to credit to us, we, we didn't have... We, that's not 2020 hindsight. We, we've been saying that for two weeks and and you really see that you can... Is this this problem really crystallised... Um, with the armband, the armband situation, because your captain is Payet, right? But he's on a bench, and you don't even bother to put him on. So the armband goes to Mandanda and Antova and then Sanson. Who, what, since when are these guys leaders? So you should have put Payet earlier, and then he could have been put on during the game, and then he could have the armband and then lead the team to maybe a draw. 
because it, it was one one at the sixtieth minute. Absolutely. You could have drawn. You could have even won the game. You know, yeah. when you when you look at the lineup that Paris Saint Germain fielded, or at least the changes that happened in the first half that led to them withdrawing Danny Alves and uh, Tom mm. um yeah. had we, had we played, uh, and I'm not saying because uh, I understand that Lopez and Sanson have played really well over the last few weeks, but um, and the four four two been getting victories, but if you you know on paper if we'd seen a midfield of Strutman, Gustavo, Payet against that Paris Saint-Germain t- team with Tovan and Balotelli up front, you would kind of fancy our chances, wouldn't you, to get a result? Because there's experienced players that have got proven quality. They're playing against a, a PSG that's not at their, at their full strength. Uh, I also think... Well, when PSG made their changes, they stuck uh, Keller on. Um, Keller looked world-class against us, and he was getting pummeled when he played Man United. Um, I agree with your statement, Steph. I think... You have experience with youth, and then at the same time, you can put um, with Strootman and Gustavo, they can chase those balls and they can let Lo- San- Lopez think about what he wants to do next. So he's not panicking. Where's the ball? Where's the ball? I've got to go and look for it. I think maybe with a bit more experience in the middle of the, the, the pitch, we could have prevented the first goal. So when, you know, when Di Maria does that amazing touch. You just needed someone to kick him in the shins or something like that. Even if you take the yellow, you know. But But you've you've got to do it at the right times, isn't it? You need to know when to foul and how to foul. Yeah. Like I think think... Gustavo and Strickman would know exactly when to do that, you know. Absolutely. um, Ben can vouch for that because, like, from that corner, before the corner, because that was our corner in the 47th minute, I said, we're gonna, it's going to be a counter, and the first PhD player that gets the ball, you need to break his shins. And, and as soon as they got the ball, I was yeah, screaming. I was literally screaming, like, foul him, foul him, foul him, foul him, foul him. And then when Mbappe got the ball, then it's too late. You can't foul it's him too anymore. Late. Yeah, yeah. And, and there was a few PSG fans as well. They're like, they felt the whole game. They were like, oh, kick his shins, kick his shins, making fun of me. And I was like, our players are so stupid. You could see this from a mile away. Yeah. Just well, foul him. Just I'm foul not, him. I'm not advocating yeah. for that. I mean, I think that's quite brutal. But yeah, I agree. Like, <laughs> you, need, you need to be able to foul people at the right moments um, in the right way. But, you know, we, we don't, yeah. Yeah, but we don't want to be breaking anyone's shins. Especially no. not Kevin well, Mbappe. We need them for France as well. <laughs> yeah, the kick would run a 10-page spread on it. Um, <laughs> look, even, even if it's just like stamping on them when they've... De- when the ball's out of play, just do it, for goodness sake. Yeah. It's the 47th minute. You have nothing to lose, especially when you see the actual um, the actual chance where Sa and Lopez clearly didn't have any enough energy anymore to run, to sp- make another sprint back, which is why Mbappe was so open. If you know that, then just like just foul him. If yeah. you know you don't have any yeah. locker anymore, foul him. Yeah, um, I think um, these matches against Paris Saint-Germain, they do... And repeatedly seem to put us in a position where we're really reflecting where the project's going. Um, and if you look at the, I think if you look at the last game before that against Paris Saint Germain in October, um, I believe if I remember correctly, we had a very similar performance in in the first sort of hour of the match, and that Paris Saint Germain were not at the top, but we kind of looked frightened and unable to capitalise on that. Mm, do, you, mm-hmm. do you see that as um, becoming a bit of a, a pattern in these sort of games under um, the current management? Becoming a bit of a norm, I think. Um, it's just the project was supposed to produce Champions League football. When it's, is it third or, fourth, third or fourth year now? Or um, I don't think we're going to get it. Honestly, Leon are running away. Lille are too far ahead. I think we're done for. we we needed to get at least something out of that game. We were going to win, that's for sure. But for goodness sake, a point could have been achieved. Now, yeah. well, we've just got to hope, but I don't see it happening. I, I would have. I, I wish we had seen something else from our players. You know, just a little bit of, I don't know, a little bit of, of determination, I guess. A little bit of, of will to, to just win it, you know. Even if we had lost it and they... they they had given it the all, then I would have been happy. But it looked like we, we accepted our fate and we, we kind of knew we were going to lose this. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, and that's that's not right. But the thing is, uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's something that comes up very often when I talk about OM with my mates and stuff, is Garcia is not the worst manager. We'd, we'd, none of us want him, but he's not the worst. But the, the thing that's not great about him is he always loses against other big teams. And it was the case when he was playing for um, managing Roma. 
and now he's in, in, in Marseille. Just he loses, we lose against Lyon. Uh, we lost against Monaco when they were shit hot, and we always lose against Paris. It's just psychologically, it just can't make the, the players, you know, get to that next level. Yeah. And I don't think, obviously, I, I listened to a, a few shows and podcasts in, in France about Marseille. I don't think any of the journalists ever asked the players what is being said in a in a changing room before the game or at halftime. We don't really know how does he motivate his players, you know. Well, um, you see, we see some snippets, you know, of, of objective match. The the obviously the 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 club um, version of of how the week's gone in training and stuff. And they did show a bit of the of the pre-game um, talk after the knees game when Gus was talking about the PSG game, and he was like, "This was very good, guys, but you know, we have a game next week, and hopefully we can get a result and stuff." Hopefully you can get a result. Hopefully results. Are you, yeah. What are you talking about? But the, the problem comes from higher above. After the the the, um, the first leg game in October, what the, the first half was great from Garcia. Um, Aero who comes out and says I saw Warriors on the pitch. What what are you guys seeing that we're not like? Who are you trying to fool? <laughs> who are you trying to fool? Must be some very strong cocaine consumed in the Marseille director's box. No doubt, <laughs> absolutely no doubt. I think Lavrin yeah, yeah, left yeah. some. Left some. <laughs> It's straight from the old port, yeah. They must have the connections. Yeah, just um, um, some final points in the game, um, on, and sorry, in the in the lineup in the match. Um, do you do you think that going forward that there's anything that we that we'll take from this result and we'll use it to improve in these sort of set matches in the future? Absolutely none. I think we put all our hope on beating Leon in a 36 match day. We're not going to beat Leon. We're not okay. They, we, we cannot buy a win against the top five of this of this league, and it's, we're not going to start on this on the third to last game of the season. We're just not. The the only takeaway point that I've that I've gained is you know what at the end of the season I will have no regrets selling Tova. I'll yeah. take the money and I'll yeah, run. Yeah, will I? Yeah. Oh wow! I like our like two centre backs. I saw the centre backs, although they're quite young. I thought they looked quite composed. I thought they looked. They looked okay last night. So I like that. Um, I'm a bit worried about Gustavo. I'm quite fond of the guy. I'm quite fond of the character. Um, I thought his first season was a complete outstanding. And I just wonder if he's, you know, if he's going to leave. There's something a bit off about him being being benched often. Um, So that worries me. Um, But as far as the starting 11 goes, I would just keep the two at the back, really. Really? So you would happily get rid of anyone else? I'm worried about Balotelli staying. I'll tell you what, I've seen like, I've got glimpses of what the, the future can hold for us if we keep him. It's just, uh, you know, that walking, that morning when the ball doesn't get to his feet and stuff like that. I just want someone who's good but also works a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we always knew that was the case with Balotelli, that he was that kind of player, that he's got ability, but he can be lazy and ineffective in, in some matches, you know. But I can when really it... see the Velodrome turning against him. Absolutely. That kind of attitude can only go so far. You know what I mean? It's just like, at one point, he's going to have an off game and the entire stadium is going to be yeah. mad. If you look at his records in different clubs, like he, quite often the case that he starts off very well and then he kind of... Sort of peters yeah. out, and he starts losing the sort of drive to to keep up those performances. We knew what we were getting anyway. Um, but before I make my um, talking point, I'd like to apologise for saying we can get Champions League football. Um, <laughs> um, I'd like to apologise. Um, the te- one takeaway: I feel Jaman played well. Jaman scored a good goal. I thought. Um, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. The fair credit to the guy. I mean, we gave him a lot of stick, but he performed. Um, but no, there's no real talk, talking point apart from the fact this will now be using the PSG highlights reel every Ed, time they play. You know, this, I, we are not compatible after that comment. Where's <laughs> <laughs> this? Not I, I. I can't. I can't. I can't support <laughs> your statement of saying Jamal played good last night. He played okay. He played better than Balotelli. He played better than Tillman. Mm. Oh yeah, I'm but just... I mean, you're you're, you're well, what would you prefer the pet, uh, the Colorado to play? It's they they were all shocking, Lucas. and I think. And his goal, the, the the goal comes from a, a pass, a deflected pass by Ocampos and a deflected shot by Germa. Like, come on, like it's not really his, it's not really his doing that he scored. He was just happened to be on the end of the shot. Yeah, but he, I think in, in Germain's defense, like he 
throughout the game, he's one player that looks like he's trying to get the ball, he's trying to move around, he's trying to make things happen. Whereas one of the things that was evident from last night was the performance was quite flat from a lot of players. They just didn't seem that yeah. drive to push the ball forward. Um, and you've got you can't fault your man for 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 his work ethic and for his attitudes, um, and which is why he got the goal was because he he pushed through to 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 appear in the right position at the right time. Okay, yeah, but I mean, we a workhorse is so good in team. But how many workhorses do we have? We have okay, so we have Sakai now. We have Saar. We have Ocampos. Now we have Germa. Like, can we have some actual players? Well, I guess that that's the thing about. With um, Germain and Balotelli, isn't it? They're the absolute polar opposites. You know, Germain's got the 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 work rate, but not the ability. And Balotelli's got the ability, but none of the work rate. The work rate, yeah, um, yeah. Right. Okay. So um, I think we probably said enough about OMPSG last night, and um, I quite gladly move on because it's not a, <laughs> it's not a fun topic, is it? But, it's um, a pretty grim one. Yeah, um, I just want to look forward to the next match, which is at home against Angers, um, and it's actually not this weekend because of the international break. It's um, it's actually on I think it's on the thirtieth of March. We're at home on the Saturday. Um, what are your thoughts on that match? Uh, I reckon it's going to be Angers winning. I reckon I've got a horrible feeling. Oh, Angers. come on. Nah, no, no, no way. Hang, on. Nah, hang on. Angers will be really revved up. They'll be like, okay, their heads are down. Plus, yeah. international, plus international break. We don't know how many injuries we're going to get. I've got a horrible feeling Angers are going to come to the Verdrome and they're going to win off a fluky goal in the 93rd minute and we're going to look like utter tools on Canal Football Club. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, Angers, Angers are not a big team, but I'm looking at their, their past, their recent fixtures now. In the last in the last eight games, they've got thirteen points out of the possible twenty four. They beat Nice. They drew against Monaco. They drew against Montpellier away. Um, they beat Strasbourg yeah. away. Like they're not as bad as we might think they are. No. And they they like yeah, I totally see. Just like last year when we played Angers at home, winning one nil for a while, for a while, for a while. And then they equalise in the 90th minute. And then Garcia will just say, you know what? It's not all that bad. We still have seven games to go. We can still technically get over PSG. I can see it. I can see it like happening really easily. I think we're going to win it. I think we're going to win it by like two or three goals. No, we're not. I'm, I'm in that. I'm in that. I'm actually serious. Um, I thought we're gaining some momentum. It's fucking Angers we're talking about. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's a home game as well. Yeah. Uh, we obviously need to make a few changes to starting eleven, but there's no way we can lose against Angers. Yeah. Just leave one. Football is shit. It's shocking. Yeah. There we will have, be changes. When you looked at the bench, the Marseille bench last night, and you compare it to the Paris bench, it looks like we're you know top of the league. Absolutely, them. I had the same in, thought. Like. Um, in last night's match, I saw the bench and they looked at Paris Saint Germain's bench, and I thought, we, on paper, we we look stronger it's here. Com- and completely. I, on, I think, on paper, we're the second best team in the league, easily. I think mm. we're going to win every home game until the end of the season. The only one that is a bit contentious might be the the Lyon game, but yeah. every other one is it's a guaranteed win. We're, yeah. we're, we're, this is just um, thing for. I agree with you. I think all of the next games, even Lyon, it is winnable. But we don't go into games with the right mindset into big games, and we have like I, I don't know I don't even know what to say anymore. We don't know what we can expect on a, on a, on the match day. Are we going to get players that actually want to win and and get the like chase Leon, or are we going to get the the usual thing of dominating for thirty minutes and then trying to dominate by keeping possession, but conceding chances and maybe Ange will score and if they score I, I don't see us getting back up I think we could win 3-0 just like we could draw 1-0 all laughs aside uh, Quinton I hope you're uh, correct um, but we've also got to hope results go our way let's be honest do you think the opposition teams to Leon or Lille are going to play down to the opposite side to see Marseille get the Champions League I'm not too sure I really don't um, so guys um, I want your predictions on the score for OM Angers um, it's going to be a 3-0 three, three victory for us. 3-0 win. Okay. Ed? Uh, uh, if all goes well, 2-0 to us. If we play... Absolute... I thought we were going to lose. <laughs> no, hold on. I'm not finished. I'm not finished. If we play like donkeys, then in the first half, then we'll lose 2-0. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, Luca? Yeah, so I see us making some... 
Garcia Classic wholesale changes because we lost to PSG. I think we're going to change to a 4-2-3-1, bring Payet and Streetman and Gustavo and Amavi. And I think we'll win 1-0. Okay. Right. Well, I, I don't know how I feel. I, I'm I'm a bit wary of Angers. I think they're a, quite a difficult team to play. They remind me a little bit of Gengam um, a couple of years ago. Um, they're quite, quite, you know, um, unorthodox. We're talking about Gengam. It's fucking Angers. Come on, guys. I know, but they're just... They, 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 these sort of teams are just they're, they're just tough to beat, you yeah. know. Sometimes and they're they can, on form. Yeah, and they can they are good at producing shocks. Um, and we are we might be a bit vulnerable after um, the defeat last night. I don't know. Yeah, That's bit. just my thoughts. But we've got the international break, so I mean, hopefully that can give us a bit of time to sort of regroup and, and you know forget what happened. Three nil. Three <laughs> nil. Mark my words. Right. Um, just very briefly on the international break. Um, any players that you think um, we might that have been called up by their respective countries that might um, benefit? I think NG for Cameroon is going to be a proper a proper coming out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got absolutely, he's absolutely destroying them. Um, yeah. I think Cameroon have real potential with NG and Trupo Mutting up front. I think they could do some damage. <laughs> oh yeah, Cameroon will piss it. Um, uh, I think. Uh, hmm. Uh, I really think Balotelli can put some performances for Italy if he's going to be picked. Is he in the Italian not, squad? I don't he's think not. he was picked. No. Oh, yeah, picked. who is up? Because uh, Sakai is not is not for is not playing for Japan either. So who's uh, who's actually going out for the international is, break? Is Kaleta Car in the Croatian squad? Uh, you know what? Let me check it right now. I yeah. think Tovan's not going to play a minute. That's for sure. Definitely, yeah. he never does. Apologies about the Italy mistake. I didn't I didn't know Balotelli was not in the squad. Yeah, he's uh, not. okay. Uh, Mandanda, he's been called up for France, yeah, has he? Yeah, deserved. But he'll not play a minute either, will he? No, he won't. He won't. No, nah, he's just there to finish the leftovers. As <laughs> Rami, I guess Rami hasn't been picked, has he? No, he no, hasn't. He hasn't. No, so, yeah. Of course not. But, yeah. Okay. So yeah, and we're not we're not expecting anything too positive then. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do have some. So so Chatacha is has been picked. So is oh. Nemanja Radonic. Oh nice. Uh, Streetman too, and then we have Maxim Lopez for the under twenty ones and Bubakar Kamara for the under twenties. Oh, yeah, they good. could benefit from that. Yeah, yeah. the last two. Yeah. yeah, well they're playing all right anyway right now, but it's the rest of the mm. guys that aren't. Okay, so um, let's move on um, to just a couple of news stories quickly that. Um, sort of popped up over the the last week. Um, firstly, um, I don't know if you saw there was um, reports um, in the press just before the PSG game that OM fans were told not to not to come to the match um, because there was a fear that they would incite the PSG PSG ultras. Um, how do you feel about that? Oh, it's a bit weak minded. I mean, can you imagine if it was in the in England where. Uh, Arsenal fans were told not to go to White Hart Lane or wherever the new ground is and say, do not go to their ground. You might insult them by <laughs> saying we want it at your ground over the Invincibles. It's pathetic, really. They're not going to turn up and smash Paris up. It's not like, look, there may be a few bad apples, but is it there anything wrong with having away fans? No, it's just a long trip for them and they're going to get a bad result. But that's football for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think we shouldn't really look too much into the actual reasoning. Uh, I mean, we all know there's a lot of problems with the, the government at the moment and how they handle supporters. And I think they just chose that reason because, you know, why not? Why not? They they will do anything at this point, the, um, the, the authorities, the local authorities, to prevent away fans from going to games. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that's a genuine reason. I think it's a, it's a pathetic reason, but oh, I don't think God, it's yeah. genuine. I think they just don't want to deal with the fans. It's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. It's a joke, really. I think uh, yeah. the whole atmosphere of a football game includes the away supporters. If you don't have the away supporters, it kind yeah. of dictates yeah. away from the atmosphere. Yeah, uh, I agree. And it's the, I think giving a reason like that to, to actually successfully prevent away fans from going is pathetic. And I think that should just simply should just be illegal. You can't just say they're going to make fun of them. So let's prevent what two thousand fans from from going to a football game. Yeah. Can you imagine if can you imagine if this was like somewhere in. Uh, UK or Germany or Italy, they'd be right. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. I think French fans have got a tough t- trek anyway, get from one side of the country t- to the other. No, it takes hours in a car and <laughs> flights and all that stuff. Now they're going to be told you can't go into the ground because you might insult the home supports. It's ridiculous. You've got a decent rail system, though. What's better than here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, so um, another story that came up was, um, so the, I think there was reported losses 
I think, of seventy-five million or something like that yeah. to the to the DNCG. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, they, these were official official numbers released by OM publicly. So we definitely, that's for sure, 76 million net losses from the 2017-2018 uh, season, despite the Europa League final. Um, it is a bit surprising. And I, I wonder what the DNCG is going to do now, because um, I heard one of the one of the journalists who, who really is quite hot on, on the Marseille finances. And he said that agreement last year between the UEFA and Marseille you know, about just a warning and no actual financial sanctions. There, it was just a gentleman's agreement. But since we've broken the rule again, I don't know whether we're actually going to get some tougher losses. But I don't expect anything more than just a, just a fine. Yeah. What kind of amount are we talking about? If, if we are to be fined, what, what kind of, is it like, I don't know, 10,000, 10 million? I'm not, I'm, not sure, no, I'm not sure this year, but last year they were talking about just a 300,000 fine. Okay. But about last year, but if it's a second offence, I don't know how much it's going to rack up to. Mm. Okay. Well, it's a, it's a bit of a worry if you're Frank McCourt if you've got seventy six million losses, <laughs> considering how much he's invested. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's just... yeah, but he's not in for in for the football. He's in it for the property around the stadium yeah, and around completely. the park channel. Yeah. So I don't think I think he he knew about it. But I mean, what 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 do you guys expect is going to happen from that thing? Do you think they're going to kick us out of European I football? Think, no, I, I think the, thing is, oh, the like, financial fair play is a lot of BS. To be honest, yeah. it's a lot of noise, and then nothing nothing really happens. I mean, a lot of the top clubs have been like threatened, you know, with financial sanctions and stuff, but it doesn't seem to have any any real effect. So that's Never. a different that's a different matter. This is coming from the DNCG. And like, if I remember a few years ago, I think the season when we sold Mbula and Mendy, did they, was, no, that was two different seasons, but the season when, I believe it was the season after Bielsa um, was there um, and we came fourth, we had to sell players by the end of June, is that? Yeah, to, yeah because we, we, I think it was like the 21st of June, we had to sell like 40 million. But again, rules are always bent. Lille was supposed to sell 60 million of players by the end of June last year. They didn't. What happened? They're second of the league now. Yeah, right. Well, um, I think we'll move on from that. Um, hopefully, um, <laughs> financial situation improves or um, st- stabilises and it doesn't have too much of an impact on the actual squad. Or maybe yeah. it's better that we get rid of all the players, given the yeah, yeah. shame. Oh, yeah, they will. Yeah. <laughs> but, I think they're going to change philosophy. They, I've, I've heard rumours of, you know, they're going to stop like short-term gains by, by signing 28, 29-year-olds and they're just going to start doing some scouting like, like obviously Montpellier, Lyon and stuff, doing some post a post-formation and trying to buy like 23-year-olds that they, they know for sure they're not going to have big wages and not going to lose money on. Mm. It's about right. time they start doing that. Yeah. Right, so a um, couple of last things to mention. So we've been, it's kind of getting to that time of year where we're starting to see link transfer news sort of rumours <laughs> appearing. So we've been linked to a couple of players this week. One of the players was um, Yasin Brahimi of Porto, um, he's available in a free transfer. A lot of clubs after him. Do you think it's realistic? No. <laughs> I don't really want him to be honest. No, no neither. No. Why not? I don't know. It's just I don't know. It's been it's been in the game for too long. I want some you know fresh blood. Mm. He is twenty nine, isn't he? Now, so he's not left on him. Yeah. I want he... like a young Argentinian, a young Brazilian that no one's heard of. You know, like a... like Lucas Ocampos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done. Um, but yeah, well, some you know, some something like that. Maybe not Lucas. But the thing, Lucas Ocampos, when he signed, he was uh, Monaco, Monaco in uh, League Two. Yeah. And he was the biggest transfer ever for like a, a League Two player, wasn't it? Mm. So I don't mind if we, you know, if we gamble on a young player and if if yeah. it doesn't pay off, I just want yeah. to see that risk taking. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I mean, I'm laugh- I, I, I made fun of uh, of you for Lucas Ocampos, but I mean, we signed him for eight million. I, th- I think he's he, he, like he was good. It's a good value for money. 
if I remember when we signed him, like everyone was really excited about him because yeah, he was seen as true. a huge prospect yeah. at Monaco and when he was at River Plate. Yeah. So we were all, we all were actually under the impression that he was going to be a great player. Well, mo- well most of us were, but yeah. for eight million, he's given you sixteen goals last season. Three important ones. I can remember at the time, like um, on some of the fan forums, like everyone was talking about, "Oh my God, we've got Tovan Ocampos and Batshuayi." <laughs> In a yeah, couple of years, our, our forward line is going to be unbelievable. It didn't mm. work out, you know. Um, yeah, speaking of young players, because um, you, you talked about what young players, we've actually been linked with um, a young prospect for social called Agum, Agumi, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Agumi, yeah. yeah. Agumi. Um, I don't know if any of you have seen anything, seen him, uh, some videos on, on YouTube and stuff worth checking out. I, I did after sort of the Trent news. The thing is, I mean, I can only go by what I've read about um, the kid, you know, and apparently he's a new Pogba, since what he's been dubbed. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't seen him play. I can't really tell whether he's, uh, he's a good one or not. Um, Absolutely. I don't know yeah. if you guys watch a lot of League 2 football, but it's really hard to predict, you know. And the thing with Marseille is you've got, like, dozens of transfer rumours um, all year round, really. Absolutely, so. yeah. So you've you got to take him with a pinch of salt, haven't you? But... Yeah, I think for, for youth players, I usually refer myself to, um, you might, like Quentin, you might know him, his, um, Kevin Kibish and, and Bastian yeah, yeah, Porto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very, they're, they're very, they have a specific interest in youth team and I, I talked to him about, um, about what he thought about Agume since the rumour happened and he said, like, obviously, his rise to fame has been really quick this year. He's already played 12 games for Sochaux at only 17 years old. And he's just been called up to the under-18 French team. And obviously, that's raised a lot of media spark. And he's been linked with all kinds of teams, about with Barcelona, PSG, mm. Lyon, Juve, Manchester City, Manchester United, blah, 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 and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said, like, there, there is a spark. He's a central midfielder, midfielder and he's a box-to-box. And there is a spark. But it's not really realistic for us to really look at him because he's so... He's so mediatized at the moment that we're never gonna get we're never gonna get him. Plain and simple. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. Just last one there about these um, transfer rumors that have come up this week. So Valentin Rangier um, from Nantes um, has said that he he's talked about being linked with Marseille in the past, been in contact with them. Um, do you think that um, he's a player that you'd like to see at Marseille, or do you think that he's a player that we don't need? He's probably just gonna be squad space. Yeah. Do you know who Rangier reminds me of? Who? Of Sanson when he played for Montpellier. Yeah, I agree. Ah, that's yeah. true. It, these it... players are great Ligue 1 players, but yeah, Marseille exactly. is a different atmosphere and it can literally crush someone. And Rangier has been linked for about two years with Marseille and it never really happened, even though he has sent some messages saying, like, I would like to come. Hmm. But who, who have we got? Is he qualitatively better than Strutman or Gustavo or no. Lopez or Sanson? He, it's, all of them are arguable, so why would you bring in a fifth midfielder? I think I would only bring him on if Gustavo leaves and we sell another one, so Sanson or Lopez. It's quite that a it would make player, sense. Yeah. He's, he's, it would make sense to strengthen that part of the squad, but at the moment, it's like Ed said, it's just, it's just quite space, really. Yeah. Okay. Um, right, just to, to finish off, we've just got a couple of questions that were sent in um, from listeners. Um and I think you've probably already answered them, but um, one of them came from John, and it's pretty brutal. It says, is there, is, there a, "Is there a pilot on board?" <laughs> uh, no, I think plain. I mean, who are you talking about? About the coach or about the higher direction? I think it's to do with the running of the club. Yeah. That's so, like, you're talking about Aero and Zubizarreta and stuff. Um, it's not clear to me. It says, "Is there a pilot on board?" I mean, someone who knows what's going on. All right, yeah. So I think what, I'll what take about that this crazy as, lineup? I think yeah. it's aimed at ma- all levels of management. But yeah, I think I take that as in to be Garcia. About is there anyone to actually make any decisions with the club? And I think right now, I think Garcia's completely burnt out with his decision and his confidence. I think he's lost a lot of the key players in his team. And and it shows by not putting on putting them on during the games, and he's trying to just convince himself that playing the team, the winning team, is the right solution, when there is clearly better options. I think he's just going with emotions now until the end of the season, and he'll go. Yeah, the pilots seem to be uh, reaching the back and getting the parachutes and getting ready to jump out the exit door. Yeah, um, that's just the way I see. I don't think there really is a pilot. There needs to be. 
I know I keep banging on about this. There needs to be a tappy star figure in there, and there needs to be a golf yeah. star coach, like a man's coach, yeah. who can really motivate the team but not be too harsh on them. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because we're um, looking yesterday at the article that's in Get, Get French Football News about Rennie Malvi, um, and he talks a lot about Tappy, about the yeah. his ability to um, find the right kind of players with the right sort of attitude and stuff for OM. It's definitely worth a read. Actually, he talks a lot about some yeah. some of the old, old yeah. days and um, the difference in the running of the club as well compared and to he, the president that we have now or we've had the, presidents we've had yeah, over the years. I think Tappy was very very Marseille compatible, and the last president I can think of that was you know of the same caliber. Is Diouf, yeah, although yeah, he really does he does my nothing now, um, you know, speaking publicly about Marseille and stuff like this, he's, you know, he's part of the club. It's just like, just move on, dude. Absolutely. But he was. I used to love him, you know, when he'd step in and just give everyone else a bit of a lip and stuff. I was just like, oh, the, the guy's great, and I think Ero is a bit too quiet. If you're talking about top management, I'm not sure is the right character for Marseille. Yeah. yeah, it's. it's I mean, it, it, it's. It's even worse than too quiet. He's too quiet. He's completely like dead silent when during the bad times, and well, during the good him, times yeah. he overcompensates. And it's just, it's like it's toxic to be just just to see him on social media now, mm-hmm. with these viber conversations. But when we lose, there's no viber uh, community uh, drop-in sessions. It's only when we win that there is that. And it's just this inconsistency that is just. It, it's he's not. He's not the right man for the job, but. He's not going to go. Like, do you really think they finish fourth? Both Garcia and him are leaving. Yeah. Okay. Um, last question for tonight. Um, sent in from Eric. It says, what can be sacrificed in the squad to find a bit of change? Uh, a couple of midfielders so we can get another striker in. Yeah. So you would you you would get rid of a couple of midfielders? You wouldn't replace them? Or... Uh, uh, well, we've got three, I think. We've got two. We've got two very capable ones. If not, we'll just play another centre-back in. But we need a we need a goal scorer. Goals win your games. It's simple as. Yeah. Do you not think Balotelli fits that bill? <sighs> Balotelli can, but we need someone to back him up. He can't mm. do all the work on his mm. own. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, you don't necessarily have to kick people out because naturally, at the end of this season, you're going to have a lot of big wages that are just naturally going to leave due to expiring contracts. You have Abdinur, Ibokan, Setic. Uh, Rolando, who's coming up. So, like, without having to kick out any actual talent, you're going to have some, like, free wage to spend money on. I don't even know how you remember. Do any of these guys are still playing for Marseille? I've got them in my memory and I have nightmares about them every time I go to sleep. (laughs) I think it'd be easier. It'd be be a shorter answer if the question was, would you keep rather than would you sacrifice, to be honest? I don't don't really agree with that. I think... I know we've lost against PSG, but there's not, not... Not everyone is to throw away, like... We have a great squad, good enough with a good coach to finish at, like second, clearly, when you look at our bench and our starting eleven. So I don't think we should throw away everyone. But there's definitely some players with the wrong mentality at the club. And it, end of cycles, maybe. I think Mandanda clearly is the end of his journey. Payet looks like he's nearing the end of his journey. It's I think there's a lot of players on the, on the end of it. It's disappointing because we have actually just rebuilt a whole squad in the last couple of years. And we're <laughs> yeah. already talking about rebuilding it again that's yeah. that's pure planning isn't it uh, they are that's a classic Marseille isn't it three three four players that I would keep tops and who that's me um, the two centre backs um, yeah the hot prospects good for the future um, I pray keep Sanson or Lopez so one of the two mm. and you're not going to lie that but I probably keep Germain as well um you, you can't, know, can't, a, you can't let go of Jamin, can you? <laughs> I just, I just, like, I think he's got, he's not, he's not perfect, but he's got great football IQ. He doesn't mind being, you know, being sat on the bench. Um, I don't, I like his mentality. I think he's a good yeah. player, but everyone else, I would just get rid of. Yeah, Even maybe, the, maybe. Well, Stefan, can I bring on my own listeners' question for you guys to answer? Of course, you <laughs> yeah, can. sure. Um, next year. With Radonic, would you loan him out or would you try to actually give him a real chance? I'd give him a real chance. He's, he did all right for us when he played. I think, let's give him a go. Let's see what we can do. We talk, yes. about, wanting fresh, we talk about wanting fresh blood in the side. He's fresh blood. Stick him in. Let's see what he can do. 
Yeah, I'm with Ed on that. Give it right. I'm undecided about that. I think it depends who we bring in in the summer, whether we're building a team for European football or not, whether we're in the Europa League or even the Champions League, although I don't think that's going to happen. I think it all depends. But um, if we've got an ambitious um, season lined up, then I'm not, I hope that we bring in a top left winger and that we are able to keep Tovan on the right, and we then yeah, I would happily loan him out. But if not, and we're you know we're planning for another season in Ligue 1 and nothing else, then yeah, why not give him a chance? You know. So I think with that we'll finish up tonight, guys. Um, thank you very much for taking part. Cheers, boys. Cheers, guys. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. And thanks very much for listening and for sending in your questions. Um, we'll get back to you with another podcast um, before the OM Angers game in a couple of weeks' time. Good night. Good night. Good night, guys. Good night.